On today's This Is Believe One podcast, I'm joined by Michael Pallas, who covers the Jets for full press coverage. Welcome. Thank you for having me. You know, figured I'd, I'd reach out. You know, I have not talked about the Jets yet, but I figured, you know, the Jets are an interesting uh, team for a variety of reasons, and they seem to be one that are, is getting some positive attention, some negative attention, and, you know, considering that they drafted a quarterback so high a couple of years ago, in the same draft class as the, you know, the Browns taking Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, getting a read on where Sam Darnold is would be, uh, you know, from your perspective, you know, someone who covers the team would be, I guess, good to know because I have my own opinions of Sam Darnold. And to be clear, before we go into it, I am not necessarily the biggest fan of him, but I just wanted to get, uh, you know, your read on how he's progressed and how do you think he'll continue to uh, develop in New York? Well, he's progressed slower than I guess many people expected. But with the offensive line the way it is, or the way it was, I, I can't say is because I don't. We don't know about this offensive line yet. So, um, but when when it comes to that, I think the jury is still out. But it's slower than we expected. Now, is is this a is this an ability thing? Is this a you know a, a, a mental development thing, or is it just a little bit of a combination of everything going on with Darnold? It's mostly the offensive line. Uh, the, the the offensive line has no been nowhere near where it should be, and that was mostly because Mike McCagnan didn't draft offensive linemen. So when it comes to that, that's been the biggest issue and so and we had that seeing ghosts game with the patriots last year Mm -hmm. which was caught by the bikes and that was the the microcosm of the two years and missing missing six games doesn't help either no that that doesn't it it really doesn't help anyone you know development wise performance wise and uh mental wise now they went out and got mckay becton uh, what is your read on Mackay Becton, and how much of a, how much will that help him or help Sam Darnold having someone that so many people uh, have a lot of faith in to be, you know, a franchise left tackle? Um, right, right now he's most he's his skills lean towards the run. Uh, he needs some work on his pass sets, on his hand placement, and it's more of a, a consistency the issue with him rather than a technique issue of, of it's just more he needs to be more consistent in his footwork and his hand placement on the pass sets but because of his size uh he's a great most a lot of it has to do with his size but he's a great run blocker and he's athletic enough to fit sam Darnold's skills when it comes to the quarterback position and that is throwing on the run and escaping the pocket so and throwing outside the pocket so that that's where i see where i where i see makai beckton right now I, he's going to start at left tackle probably cuz their left tackles aren't that good right uh, right now so i think he's going to end up starting while he's working on his game but um, i think the fact that he's a good run blocker will help sam Darnold because now they have a good run, blo- a better run blocking offensive line than last year overall. 
So that means that'll help the the addition of that will help the running game. Well, the running game will help Sam Darnold in, in the long run. Yeah, it seems like they they might be opting to go a little bit more run heavy. They already got Le'Veon Bell. They signed Frank Gore. It seems like they may be trying to. I don't want to say take the ball out of Sam Darnold's hands, but take a little bit less, you know, a little less responsibility and, and get, make it so he doesn't have to make as many plays. He just has to make the right plays. I think he's capable of making the right plays when he has time. He just hasn't been given it much. Okay, and that's that's fair. Uh, how do you feel about their their offensive weapons? You know, uh, Robbie Anderson's gone now, but they bring in someone I'm f- familiar with in Brashad Perriman. Um, not necessarily uh, the caliber of receiver that Anderson was, but he has the ability to stretch the field on on the occasional deep route. I think overall, right now, they're you could say that their weapons are average. But because they have the number of weapons, now they can mix and match. If Adam, if Adam Gase does it properly, he can mix and match with all of the weapons. They can use multiple tight ends because Ryan Griffin emerged last year as a, a reliable target for Sam Darnold with Chris Herndon out. So now you have the weapons if Adam Gase uses them properly. Like you can use multiple tight ends, you can move Le'Veon Bell out of the backfield in in the slot. Le'Veon Bell has the ability to play out wide, and and he's got enough of a route tree to play out wide. So now you can have Le'Veon Bell and Frank Gore in the game at the same time. Even though Frank Gore isn't a great receiver, he's a nice receiving option, but he's also a good blocker, added protection. You can also have multiple backs in the backfield. I'm not talking about Bell and Gore. I'm talking about Trayvon Wesco being a, a fullback. And now and now you have a bunch of options, but it's up to Adam Gase to use his options. So the, this roster seems like it's it's being put together with you know sort of a gradual building process, not trying to fast forward things. So with you know someone like Darnold who still is you know developing and becoming an you know a possible franchise quarterback you know they get someone like Mackay Beckton who's more of a a raw prospect at left tackle who is you know is going to be a developing person it seems like maybe this season's not necessarily I mean high hopes because you know the Patriots don't have Tom Brady anymore but it seems like this is a it's about progress not about contention would you say that's accurate Yes, this season is about progress specifically for Sam Darnold, mostly because I don't think their schedule lends itself to necessarily contending because, yes, the Jets got better, but did they get better to the point where they're better, good enough to beat a lot of their schedule? Probably not because they were way behind a lot of teams last year. I think the Jet, that Jets fans that think that they're capable of eight or nine wins are going to be disappointed. I believe that I have the Jets finishing six and ten, but I have the Jets 
being competitive in every game, really, except for the one against the Chiefs. So I think it's going to be we're going to look back at the season and say that, well, they were six and ten. But things can look we can look forward and say they were competitive with good NFL teams. So there's some positives to take from that. And from what I see, you know, looking at the Jets and, you know, where they've been for so long and the way they're trying to, you know, build something the right way that six and ten's not not exciting, but I, I think that's and if they can be six and ten and keep the games close, then they're maybe a year away from turning those close losses into close wins. And I think that's when you go from six and ten to ten and six. I think that is a possibility if everything is done correctly and they actually can keep those games close. It's all up to Gase, though. Now, let's talk about Adam Gase. Are you an Adam Gase fan? Uh, uh, because I, again, not trying to just, you know, shit on everything about the Jets, but I'm not necessarily a Sam Darnold fan, but I was not an Adam Gase fan. Uh, he was, he just, he's always seemed to rub me the wrong way. His former players seemed to say nothing but bad things about him. And he had that introductory press conference, which was absolutely wild. Um, with the eyes oh, yeah, darting the, all over the place. Are, are you a fan of his? Do you think he's done a good job? Uh, does he have a future beyond this season? A lot of fans think that if he finishes the way I... with, they, They're going to look at the record and say, well, Adam Gase doesn't, is going to get fired if he doesn't make the playoffs or if they, don't, if they finish 6-10 and 10, like I have them finishing. I am not necessarily an Adam Gase fan per se however when you look at when you look at adam gase's record as a coach he's six games over 500 when his potential starting quarterback or expected starting quarterback actually heading into training camp starts the game so that's ryan Tannehill and sam darnold Mm -hmm. he's six games over 500 in that case He's like he's and most of the and everybody likes to point out the the more the double digit wins and double digit losses how he has more most of the double digit losses that that fans bring up were with the backup quarterback or in some cases the third string quarterback. Mm-hmm. So when you look at his record, that can be that can pos- that can be whitewashed a little bit, and you can look at it and say, well. Like I like I do, but he also has a tendency to be not not change. He also has a tendency to stick to what he knows instead of making adjustments in game. In that case, if he can show with Darnold starting that he can make in game adjustments and they just don't work, or because the Jets aren't good enough. Then, then I, I will support Adam Gase if he sh- if he personally shows some improvement. I will support Adam Gase, but I will not. Ne- I'm not going to say I'm a fan of Adam Gase, nor am I going to say I'm not a fan of Adam Gase. Um, okay. When it comes, I'm just going to say I am a neutral observer when it comes to Adam Gase and most of the players. I used to be the kind. I used to be the kind of guy that rooted for players, mm-hmm. and t- but really, I. I I don't root for players because they come and go and the teams change so often. 
and the coach. I don't root for coaches. I I want I want the team to win. That's all that matters. I want I want I, as a guy who covers the team, it would be so much better if the team, not just from me being a fan, but from me being able to talk about the team and write about the team, would be so much better if they won or were even competitive. Like mm-hmm. I expect them to here. So, hey, for I, me, I, it's just about it's just about the results. I, I feel your pain as someone who covers the Browns. So uh, I, I understand where you're coming from in that department. Uh, um, you, you said something interesting. Uh, he has a. You said he has a necessarily make adjustments very well. Uh, is this something that he's always had, or is this just something that he's trouble have trouble with being in New York? Um, no, it's something he's had a problem. He had a problem with in Miami. Uh, but when it comes to specifically last year, mm-hmm. it was not using Le'Veon Bell enough. A lot of that probably stems to the fact that he didn't want Le'Veon Bell, not because <laughs> he doesn't think Le'Veon Bell is a talented player, but because they, he didn't want that kind of money tied up into a running back. And that's part of the reason why probably Mike McCagney got as fired as quickly as he did. But um, and then he ended up just not using Le'Veon Bell properly. And but we do have uh, when it comes to Le'Veon Bell, we do have light at the end of the tunnel because when it comes to uh, Le'Veon Bell in the running backs position specifically, he had Kenyon Drake in Miami. Mm -hmm. Kenyon Drake's rookie season was the usage in, in terms of how he used positionally, how he used Drake was very similar to how he used Le'Veon Bell this year, which is his first year with the Jet. And then in Drake's second year, he used him more as a wide receiver in the slot or out wide. So we have some instances where Adam Gase has change just not a lot okay i mean because from what it sounds like it sounds like uh gase is someone who's probably not going to uh make changes on the fly or make adjustments um speaking from experience of uh having you know the browns coached under the worst coach of all time hugh jackson it's not something that it's it's going to change all that likely not necessarily adam saying adam gase is comparable to hugh jackson just their tendencies are similar uh i didn't really follow hugh jackson that closely i uh, but if I, I probably would have to lean towards Adam Gase's more rigid than Hugh Jackson, but I can't answer that question because I didn't really follow Hugh Jackson closely. I mean, it, it was a it was a roller coaster of emotions, and most of the time he ended up uh, unhappy. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that, that's that's the Hugh Jackson experience, and you know we kind of doubled down and. Got Freddie Kitchens last year, who was also terrible, but for for different reasons. Uh, I was just making a comparison between a lack of adjustments and maybe uh, <clears throat> maybe a desire not to make adjustments, or you know, just trying to do things his way because it's his way and uh, he's the guy in charge type of situation. I, I don't know if necessarily that's something that 
Adam Gase is, uh, has a tendency to do with the it's my way or the highway type of. Uh... Um, I don't think so. It's just more. It's more of a. It's more of a strat. It, it's. It, I. I don't think it's. Not from. Not from an interaction standpoint. From a strategic standpoint on mm-hmm. the field, it's more of a we're just going to stick with our game plan type of thing rather than making adjustments on the fly and going with the and changing things in games. Okay. Um, that, that, that's I, where I, they're similar. <laughs> so, oh, okay. That, that's where they're similar is right there. You know, not making adjustments. Uh, the next question I have for you, uh, the, you know, the talk about one uh, potential move that the Jets might might make, and that's Jamal Adams. What is his status, and do you expect him to be on the team week one? Oh, I expect him to be on, uh, well, it depends. Uh, week one? Yes, I expect him to be on the team week one of 2020. If this is week one of 2021, eh, I don't know. You see, the problem with this is Jamal Adams wants a contract now. He mm-hmm. wants a re. He wants he wants an extension now. The problem is, and a lot of fans want Jamal Adams to be extended as soon as possible. The problem is, the Jets and the entire NFL have no idea what the salary cap situation is going to be in 2021 mm-hmm. because the the NFL doesn't know if they're going to have people in the stands in 2020. And if let's say, let's say they go with empty stadium, the cap is probably going to drop significantly because the cap is based around in about based on the revenue that the teams make. So we could see a a significant drop in the cap. And the reason why that's important is because the jets can't extend Jamal Adams now and then put themselves in cap hell for 2021 because the cap went down and his number is high. So Jamal Adams wants to cut, wants an extension. Now the jets can't give it to him. It's not that they won't give it to him. They can't give it to him right now. It doesn't make sense to give it to him now. So they have to wait until the NFL makes a decision on the stadium. But with this playing out on social media, it becomes that it makes it look like the jets are doing the wrong thing by not signing Jamal Adams to an extension. So, and my, my thing is, I believe Jamal Adams will sign an, will sign an extension eventually. It's just a matter of timing. Mm-hmm. If the NFL goes with empty stadiums, I cannot see anybody else in Jamal Adams' draft class signing an extension in 2020. Even Patrick Mahomes. I cannot see any NFL player that was in Jamal Adams' class that was given the fifth-year option not extended in I can't see the extensions happening in 2020 by any player, regardless of talent. And Jamal Adams is probably a top three player in his draft class. 
He's the best safety in the NFL. He's probably a top five defensive player overall in the NFL. And if the NFL goes with full stadiums, they go normal, normal runnings, and they allow the fans to come back and, the, and they fill the stadiums, or they, they go with the intent of a full stadium, I believe the Jets will sign Jamal Adams before the end of the year. But if this continues to play out the way it does with the leak about Jamal Adams preferring to go to the Cowboys, that's not a good look for Jamal Adams because if you want to stay with the Jets, you don't tell you don't leak out the information that you your preferred tr- of a preferred trade destination. Mm-hmm. Earlier this week, we had that phone call or the video call with Jamal Adams and he was talking to a, a friend from the Ravens. And he said, and they were talking about him potentially playing for the Ravens. If he wanted to play for the Jets, that conversation would have ended pretty damn quick mm-hmm. if he really wanted to be with the Jets. And we don't know the numbers, but for me, his actions tell me he doesn't want to be here. But the Jets, I feel like they want him to be here, but I don't know if he's going to take a below, uh, not a, not necessarily a below market value, but it seems to me that he wants the farm from the Jets, and the Jets aren't going to give it to him. Not now, anyway. So I would say week one this year, he'll be on the team. Come October, if, there's a, if, if the season starts on time, the trade deadline, not 100% sure about that. So, you know, 100% week one, as you get closer towards the trade deadline, it probably, you know, drops percentage-wise a little bit each each week. You know, also depending on how the Jets' record is and how they're performing and yes. per- perhaps if they play better than you expect them to. You know, I, I imagine that would change it. But if they, let's say, go in the opposite direction and play worse than you expect them to, it, it, would he probably be, you know, <laughs> pretty much gone at that point? Yes. I think he would, I think if the path continues the way it is playing out in the media, he's gone by the trade deadline. But if, if if things quiet down and there's, and there isn't like all this, we have to sign Jamal Adams to an extension. Now talk, maybe he plays out the whole season and then they get an extension done in the in the off season but like i said it's all dependent upon whether the nfl decides to go with empty stadiums or not if the states allow them to have fans all right uh you, you mentioned picking up fifth year options and contract extensions is uh is sam darnold someone whose performance this season is going to impact his fifth year option being picked up or not or do you think that's pretty much like a lock that they're going to pick it up it's a lot. They're going to pick it up. Okay. You know, I'm just, I was just they're curious. Gonna pick, they're going to pick it up just to give themselves more time to work out a, an extension, especially if he improves dramatically. Yeah. And I think the Jets are at a time where they can afford to do that because like I said earlier, they're, they're about progressing and building something. And let's say hypothetically that, you know, they pick up his fifth year option 
maybe things don't go as well with him or he doesn't progress it the way they like. But in the meantime, they've built up the roster around him. So if they have to, let's say, make a switch with Sam Darnold, you know, whether they draft somebody or acquire someone through a trade or free agency, hopefully the team would be in a spot where they can, you know, maybe catch lightning in a bottle with a, a good enough roster around a, a quarterback if they, you know, don't have Sam Darnold in what would be his sixth year. Um, if Sam Darnold isn't the quarterback in 2023, that would be, I think, right? So next year would be his fourth year, and then the fifth year option would be 2022. So if he's not the quarterback in 2023, I believe it will be a draft pick by Joe Douglas. Okay, that so would be t- so, um, but I can't foresee a situation where Sam Darnold isn't the quarterback of the Jets past his fifth year. Okay, I can't see a situation where they'll they'll replace Sam Darnold mostly because his progression has been so damaged by the by the offensive line being so terrible that if he takes especially if he takes a big leap but if he takes a small to medium sized progress progression in 2021 in this year in 2020 mm-hmm. i expect sam darnold to, to not only get the fifth year option but they I expect them to sign an extension with him next year. Okay. You know, because the, uh, I mean, you know, comparing the situations between the the Jets and the Browns, the Jets are a team where it's, the expectations aren't necessarily there. It's more about growth, development. Um, Compare it to what's going on in Cleveland and uh, our current quarterback, uh, Baker Mayfield, it's different. The expectations are high uh, because of all of the, you know, offensive pieces around them. Uh, but there's so many issues there. Let me ask your opinion. What do you think of Baker Mayfield? <laughs> um, Come on, give it to me. What, what, what do you got? <laughs> first, of all, first of all, I was as shocked as most people were that the Browns didn't take Sam Darnold. Uh, because that was the expectation going into the draft. So my opinion on Baker Mayfield may be uh, slightly biased because I was actually biased towards Sam Darnold. I did see, uh, I did watch some of Sam Darnold in college live because I'm a Notre Dame fan and they play USC every year. Mm-hmm. So I did watch some of Sam Darnold live uh, on television. But when it comes to... Baker Mayfield, I think I have, I think he's a little, he, he, he has done, he has grown up, but I still think he's a little, he's still a little immature, uh, but he's better at the NFL quarterback position than I thought he would be. He just, he needs to make better decisions on the, on the field, not off the field. On the field, he's got the talent around him, so mm-hmm. he has no excuses. Well, I mean, what were your expectations for him? Because you said you, he's doing better than you expected, but it didn't sound like you were a fan of his. So, what were your expectations? Let, let's. My well, my, <laughs> my expectations were something off the field was going to blow up, 
like like the like the incident in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. The the like he was going to do something off the field that caused him to like get suspended. So since that hasn't happened, but when it comes to on the field play, I didn't think his style was going to translate to the NFL. That's also even though, even though he was an accurate passer at Oklahoma, it was there. It's much easier to design plays where receivers are wide open in college mm-hmm. because because of the hash marks and such and the tight and and, and so the feet I didn't think he, even even though he was an accurate passer I wasn't 100% sure he could handle the tighter defensive windows in the NFL and because of his size Mm-hmm. He, he, because of his size, he couldn't be Josh Allen or Cam Newton, where he's running with the football a lot, mm-hmm. because because he's under because he's slightly undersized for a running quarterback. So if he took that kind of punishment frequently, he probably wouldn't last. So that was mo- it. Was mostly I wasn't sure how. He, he would be able to move from the N- college to the NFL in terms of the passing game. So he's better than I expected in that regard. Also, he's slightly better in terms of he's maturing faster than I thought he, w- he would, but he's still making bad decisions on the football field. Yeah, my concern is when are we going to reach that point where he's just not going to develop any further? He's the oldest quarterback in his draft class. You know, a couple of years older than a couple of the other guys. Uh, you you reach a certain point where I don't want to say he's done developing, but that big leap would happen if it's going to happen. Uh, I don't know if it's if we've reached the point where we're supposed to, uh, and this is this is it. I mean, because what we've seen is two seasons of inconsistent play. I mean, and he's been absolutely dreadful against good teams, and he's been good against bad teams, which. Tells you he's relatively average and not that special. Well, we'll find out that we'll find out quickly this year if he's the guy uh, when it comes to the quarterback position. And frankly, if he doesn't show any improvement this year, I would be shocked if the Browns picked up his fifth-year option. I already expect them not to, so that's just me. <laughs> uh, uh, well, it depends on it depends on. Uh, what kind of progression he takes this year. I mean, the way I see it, there's so many things around him that are already playing against him. Uh, If you count interim coaches and coordinators, he's on his fourth head coach. He's on his fourth offensive coordinator. Um, So that, that's not good. Uh, I don't think the the reason they signed Case Keenum to the deal that he did is a coincidence. It's a three-year deal. Let's say Baker Mayfield doesn't work out. They decline the fifth-year option. Baker Mayfield plays out his fourth year, year five, where Baker Mayfield is no longer in the team. It's Case Keenum mentoring a new rookie in what would hopefully be Kevin Stefanski's third year if he lasts that long. That's also another thing. Yeah, I, I, I would be, I, I would be sh- shocked at this point if the Browns did pick up his fifth year option because I don't, but. I also am one of those people who think the fifth-year option is misused. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
lot of people use a lot of teams use the fifth year option as a way to keep control of good players for cheap. And that wasn't the intent. The intent of the fifth year option is actually for a case like Baker Mayfield, a guy who might be inconsistent, but shows some signs and you need another year to potentially look at him. That was the intent of the fifth year option, but it's become, well, we, we want to keep him for it's become what the jets would use it for. And we want to keep him for cheap and, and have more time and, or have more time to work on a long-term deal. So the fifth year option is, should be used for a guy like Baker Mayfield, but isn't. Mm-hmm. And, and and you would be shocked if they picked up that fifth year option. So in the scenario of it's 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 perfect for a situation like Baker Mayfield, you don't even think they're going to use it on him. No, because uh, he's been way he's been very inconsistent, and his bad way outweighs his good. Mm-hmm. So that trend continues, then the Browns. My 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 hypothesis is that the Browns would believe they've seen enough and they're ready to move on, and they're not going to pick up the fifth year option because they're going to move on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that... on the other hand, shows a little bit of progress in in year three. Depending on how how much progress, they could pick it up because thinking, okay, this was year one of a new head coach. He's showing a little progress. We need another year with him. And he needs more time with this coach to, to build a relationship with this coach. And then we'll, we'll give him another year. I mean, just the, the way I see it, I just, I'm not, I'm not optimistic on uh, his outlook or his future. Uh, I would love to be wrong on it, but I mean, I've, I've watched this exact story play out a thousand times, not only for the Browns, but for many other teams. And it, it never ends well for the quarterback who's experienced nothing but change and instability since he's been in the league. Um, uh, you, you mentioned uh, his maturing a little bit. Uh, there's That's kind of funny because there was a, a, a story making the rounds Thursday about how he's you know, moving in silence or operating in silence. I'm like, the hell are you talking about? We're in a quarantine. Everything's closed. If he's not being silent, it's pretty hard not to be silent during this time. You know what I mean? Him being silent isn't an achievement, in my opinion. Well, we haven't we we have seen some professional athletes out there, namely another, another uh, namely Dak Prescott out there. Mm-hmm. So. We have we have seen it from other professional athletes, not 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 necessarily staying home. So um, the fact that he is and maybe he's only working out at home is a good sign. I mean that I mean that's uh, that's a totally fair uh, thing. You know, just you know, just my feeling is that so many people were so. You know, oh my God, he's doing it. He's growing up. I'm just like, what else is he going to do? <laughs> I mean, you know, quarterback of the Cowboys is always going to be a topic of conversation. 
Uh, same thing with you know anyone who plays in New York. Same same deal. That's why probably Jamal Adams is getting a lot of talk. But with everything being closed and you know some of the antics that and things Baker Mayfield's done, you know like uh, shotgunning a beard with his teeth in an Indians game. I mean, there's just there's not necessarily the opportunities for him to be out there compared to the past right, right now, and so that's that's just where I'm at. I'm just like let's let's slow down the hype train of him growing up because everything's closed. Right, he's not he's not Johnny Manziel, so uh, let, let, let's let's give him that the last uh, the last immature quarterback. <laughs> The Browns, right? Yeah. The Browns draft. <laughs> the last immature quarterback that was drafted by the Browns, Johnny Manziel. He's not Johnny Manziel, so let's give him that. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a it's a pretty low bar, but you're right. It's a pretty low bar, but you are right. Um, let's let's wrap it up with uh with Jets with one last thing on the Jets here. Then then I'll then I'll let you go. Um. <clears throat> Absolute high ceiling for the Jets. Absolutely low floor for the Jets. Everything goes right, they end up with this record. Everything goes wrong, they end up with this record. Uh, let's see. Absolute high ceiling. Everything goes right. Sam Darnold takes a huge leap. Adam Gase shows improvement as a head coach. 9-7 and seven with the seventh seed in the playoffs. Okay. Worst possible case, worst possible scenario, lowest possible ceiling. Sam Darnold gets hurt, misses the entire season. Joe Flacco has to start the entire season. The Jets go four and twelve, and Adam Gase gets fired, and the Jets have a new head coach in Sam Darnold's fourth season. Okay, so even the the low and the high, it seems like you're in a. I mean, obviously, one scenario is a complete nightmare. You lose your quarterback. Uh, but record-wise... Well, that's for... the lowest possible... That is, that's the lowest possible bar anybody could have. <laughs> Even the Browns losing Baker Mayfield. The Browns losing Baker Mayfield would probably put them at 0-16. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think... Uh, I don't know about 0-16. Maybe they rattle off a couple wins. Case Keenum's comparable. Uh, it's a little hyperbolic there, but... Uh, uh, oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> I mean, four wins, seven wins. I mean, I mean, yeah. The, there's a, a difference. You know, one one side's obviously you're probably gonna end up with a you know a top five or six pick. The other one you're gonna be uh, at maybe at some point have a playoff conversation at seven and nine. As long as you're not like five and nine and rattle off a couple wins, but relatively four or seven there's not that much of a, a big gap in terms of wins but maybe quality of wins style of wins my my high ceiling is nine. Oh, nine. i'm sorry i'm sorry i thought you said seven. seven god i had flipped it my bad but so not and and a seven and the seventh seed in the playoff that's right that was the seventh seed i got i got diffused on my bad nine and seven four and twelve a little bit wider gap than i thought uh but Okay, I mean, I think. It, but I expect my expectation is six and ten. Okay. So yeah, six my, and ten. My expectation is right in the middle of the floor and the and the ceiling. Uh, you know, airing a little bit towards the the four and twelve, a little bit, <laughs> but yeah. not because and of also, a, a Sam Darnold injury. <laughs> I also had uh, I did a, a a prediction of all two hundred and 
whatever, 270 plus games all the way to the Super Bowl. Okay. And I had the Jets with the, with the 11th pick in the draft. Okay. Uh, so did you do all so, the teams or just the Jets? No, I did all of the games. Okay. Uh, do you remember where you had the Browns at? Just curious. Uh, I actually have to find it, but um, I ha- I think... I think I might have had the Browns in the playoffs. But I did all of the games all the way to the Super Bowl. And then, obviously, if you do all the games, you have... Oh, no, I have the Browns as the same record. Okay. And finishing in 12th place in the conference, just behind the Jets off of a tiebreaker. Okay. I mean, better uh, better record than I expect them to have. Uh, I don't expect them to have a good record. Uh, at all. Uh, I think the way their schedule's formatted, it's a little bit difficult. Uh, they could be staring 0-2 right in the face uh, <laughs> by uh, the end of Thursday night of Week 2. So, Because uh, they open up at Baltimore, then against Cincinnati on that following Thursday. So, There's actually a schedule of quirk coming up next year and the year after. The Jets... And Browns play each other again this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's an NFL record or not, but if the Jets and Browns finish with the same record in the same place in their division next year, because next year the Jets the Jets play the AFC North, so mm-hmm. they're playing the Browns. So if they finish in the same place next year, it'll be six years in a row of playing the Browns <laughs> in the non-division schedule. So I figured I'd throw that. I can't believe how often the the Browns and Jets play each other. It, it's absolutely well, amazing. The non the non division the non division schedule is based on where you finish in your division. Yeah. So that means the Jets and Browns have finished in the same place in their division that many times. Yeah. You, <laughs> I mean, before it was the Jets, it was the Bills. We always be playing the Bills all the time because <laughs> they would oh. both be in fourth place every year. <laughs> Yeah, now now you're now you're finishing in the same place as the Jets. Uh, so up from four up to third, but very well could go back to fourth. <laughs> well, I have the Jets finishing. Let's see, I have the Bills and Dolphins finishing ahead of the Jets, and the Patriots finishing one game behind. Okay. Yeah, uh, that I might ha- make some NFL fans happy that the, the Patriots are going from first to last. Uh, uh, you know, I think a lot of people would be happy to see the Patriots just take that huge step back. Uh, no, no Tom Brady. Um, you know, since he's moved to Tampa, but I mean, people would love to see any version of what has been the the model franchise in sports take a massive step back. And by the way, I, I'm going to make Bills fans happy, and most people ridiculed me for it, but I have the Bills winning everything. Oh! You have the Bills going all the way. Josh Allen. Yeah, I have the Bills finishing. I have it, my playoff teams in the AFC are Chiefs, Ravens, Bills, Texans, the four division winners, the three wild cards are the Steelers, Raiders, and Broncos. And then I have Saints, 49ers, Vikings, Cowboys, Bucks. Yeah, I have the Bucks in the playoffs, unfortunately. You, um, you have the Texans in. 
Yes, I have the Texans winning the AFC South. Okay, I mean... By one game, and the Colts missing the playoffs on a tiebreaker against the Broncos. That's heartbreaking, because Bill O'Brien's done everything to destroy the Texans. (laughs) I mean, I have no idea what he's doing, and uh, he's found himself in this situation where he can't be fired, so... (laughs) Well, he can, but... But not if they make not if they win the division. I mean, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's got going on there. I'm just glad I don't cover the Texans anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I have um, the Chiefs actually losing to the Bills in the AFC title game. Okay. It, it's uh, Steelers Texans with a Steelers win. I have the Ravens beating the Broncos. And the and the Bills beating the Raiders, then I have the Bills beating the Ravens and the Steelers losing to the Chiefs, and the be- Bills beating the Chiefs. That's the AFC. And then the Niners, Bucks, and Seahawks winning their first round matchups against the Packers, Cowboys, and Vikings in that order. Mm-hmm. Then I have the Bucks beating the 49ers in San Francisco. So I have Tom Brady be- beating Jimmy Garoppolo. Awesome. <laughs> and then I have uh, the Saints beating the Seahawks. Then I have this, the Bucks. Unfortunately, I have Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. But I have the Bills beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So that would be that'd be an interesting interesting finish. Uh, a former division rival of Tom Brady beating him in the Super Bowl, and. Uh, you know, where Tom Brady's usually at his best. <laughs> well, as we saw against the Eagles, Tom Brady could be at his best and still lose. Yes, yes. I mean, so uh, that'd be interesting if it works out that way. Um, it's probably not. There's so many different variables. One guy gets hurt. Uh, uh, one person gets traded. Uh, something else ridiculous happens, uh, a coach gets fired. I mean, so many different variables, and <clears throat> I feel like a lot of them are going to be coming from Cleveland. <laughs> I would, I, <laughs> well, actually, uh, there was, a, I don't remember when it was, but sometime in the last couple of weeks, I saw an article posted on Twitter that uh, about the, the, the coaches that are most likely to get fired. Mm-hmm. Or on the hottest seat. And Bill O'Brien was the guy on the hottest seat. Mm-hmm. And I disagree with that. Really? Uh, I, 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 he should be, but he's not because he's his own GM. But uh, sorry to interrupt, but go ahead. No, the owner would fire him from both squads. But uh, <laughs> I don't... I think in season, the Texans aren't going to fire Bill O'Brien. However, the reason why I don't have Bill, Bill O'Brien on the hottest seat is because there's going to be a change at the top with the Jets in October. Okay. Christopher Johnson, Christopher Johnson will not be in charge anymore. Okay. Because his brother, who is the owner of the team, is coming back from his UK stint, his stint as the ambassador to the United Kingdom. And I could see if the Jets start 0-4, 
Woody Johnson firing Adam Gase in the middle of the season. Interesting. So who's on the hottest seat, in your opinion? Is it is it Adam Gase or is it somebody else? It's Adam Gase only because Woody Johnson didn't hire Adam Gase. Okay. I, I don't know if you're going to you know, venture off yeah. maybe Matt Patricia or... Uh, uh, what's his name? Zach Taylor in Cincinnati, possibly. I didn't know if you're going to venture one of those, but Adam Gase, okay. No, because I I think Adam Gase is on the hottest seat because I think Adam Gase is the only one returning coach that could get fired in the middle of the season. And that's that's fair. I mean, uh, the Lions usually fire their coaches after the year. Uh, the Bengals are a, a franchise that's incredibly loyal to their coaches, uh, to a fault. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I, I can't disagree with that, uh, really. I think an, an all-out nightmare scenario would have to happen in Houston for uh, Bill O'Brien to get get axed uh middle of the year, but... <clears throat> But Adam Gase uh, seems like a logical pick. And uh, and when it comes to the draft order for next year that I predicted, I have the Jaguars at the number one pick for all the any Jacksonville fans that are listening. The Jaguars are going to have the number one pick and get Trevor Lawrence. All right. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, okay, uh, would be interesting. Uh, I know they have an absolute love for Mr. Gardner Minshew. Um, I find Minshew entertaining. Um, I also realize he's got some limitations as a quarterback. He's fun. Yeah. But I can understand why they would take Trevor Lawrence if they're at the number one spot. And the Bengals are two and fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and they don't. I actually have a lot of Jets fans think that if the Jets finish even with a worse record than they did last year, that they're going to fire Gase. I predicted that they would finish six and ten and not fire Gase. But that's all depending on how. They, like I said, that's all depending on how they start because Woody Johnson didn't hire him. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why they kept him is because Christopher Johnson's ego. Uh, they probably should have fired. They probably never should have hired Adam Gase in the first place, but they definitely should have fired him after the season. But uh, Christopher Johnson didn't want to have to fire a head coach that he hired after one season. All right. So to recap, we have the Bills winning the Super Bowl, the Jaguars getting the first overall pick. And taking Trevor Lawrence, Adam Gase being on the hottest seat, but not getting fired after going six and ten. Correct, because Woody Johnson will come back, and the Jets won't be horrible. <laughs>